0: He's your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now, keeping himself as Martinez five, yeah. he is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge, runs in for 15 yards out, tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on at Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national
1: championship. Three sets, one over the Florida Gators. Now, shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point landing. And a good time
2: was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the K-Lion Husker Hour. Or, as I'm going to start calling it from now on, the golden window. Your Saturday morning golden window. That's right, it is. This is the time where you're just kind of getting things going. Maybe you're... Driving around, taking, taking kids to practice, going to, see, uh, going to see friends, getting out there. This is your golden window of radio, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 9 to 10 a.m. right oh, here goodness. on KLIN. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That's Caleb Henry. Hello. The countdown is on. This is the second to last show that you will have from us before Husker football is Ooh, back. It feels good, doesn't it? We will not be on the air for the 24th. Because pregame will
0: start yep. from the network at 6 a.m. And I'll let you know right now, we're not coming in for a 5 to 6 a.m. pregame to the pregame.
2: No, we haven't done that before, and I don't think that's I don't think that was a good time to start either. <laughs> so we are preempted, of course. That happens from time to time if you've followed this show for any of the last five years. Uh, but that's a good thing because that means that there's actual, real football about to happen. Nebraska-Ohio State, it's an 11 a.m. kick, October 24th. We are two weeks away, and uh, I, look, we've got a lot to cover. There's a lot of sound that we got uh, from coaches, from players. from uh, There's some news that we have as well that is uh, very good news uh, for Nebraska basketball. Uh, we're going to cover all that before the hour is up. Uh, I, I want to start with this, uh, and some of it is uh, stuff that we have uh, on, on tape from uh, the coaching staff, uh, Nebraska is famous for many things uh, within the football program. You've got the strength program, uh, you've got coaching legends like Devaney and Osborne, uh, and another thing that I think this program is known for is the walk-on program. Mm-hmm. And news from this week that Nebraska has uh, Lincoln Zone, Lincoln North Star Zone, uh, middle linebacker Luke Reimer getting the call and and getting that scholarship uh, at the inside linebacker position. Played a lot as a true freshman uh, on special teams, and uh, he's going to be heavily involved in that rotation at inside linebacker, one would think, along with Honus and Miller, the presumed starters. Uh, Nick Henrich as well coming off injury. He was a a highly touted freshman at Omaha, Burke. Uh, Jackson Hannah might figure into that mix. But Luke Reimer, Caleb, gets the scholarship, and I think the coaching staff's pretty excited about him.
0: Yeah, they're, they're they're very excited about him and inside linebackers coach Barrett Roode talked about the, the depth and rotation that he wants to have from his from his position group, but as well as talks about how athletic Luke Reimer is and that that's one of the biggest things that I think has been impressive from this coaching staff. Um Coach Frost even said he, he thinks Reimer should have earned a scholarship last year the way he played, and I think there's going to be a little bit more room for Reimer to get on the field this year. But uh, Rude talks about, starts out with his rotation, how deep he thinks it needs to go, and then gets into Reimer.
3: I'll start with, as far as rotation, you, you want as many able bodies as possible. Um, you know, with big, uh, big Ten play in general, let alone a Big Ten-only conference season, um, and with the way our offense plays and the speed they play at, um, typically on defense, we're, we're getting between 80 and 90 plays. Um, where if you look at like a normal NFL game, that's more like 60, 65 plays. So ideally, you don't want to just have to play two guys. You want to be able to play three to four, maybe even five guys, um, to keep guys fresh, uh, keep guys' injuries free. Um, and, uh, I, I think that really contributes, uh, to success over the long haul during a Big Ten season. Um, as far as Luke, um, with him, it just continually, uh, learning the intricacies of the defense. He's got, uh, as far as athleticism, he's about as athletic as any guy we got in our team. Um, he's uh, He's got as good of a motor as anybody on our team's got. He's very similar to like a, like a Luke McCaffrey type with uh, some guys are able to run 40 yards once really fast, and some guys are able to run 40 yards 50 straight times really fast. Uh, and that's the kind of motor he's got. So um, he's done a great job um, since he's been here, and I think he's only getting uh, better and better.
2: Yeah, Luke Reimer. He's you know, the way Barrett Roode talks about him. You'd think that he was on scholarship the whole time, and right. It's it's good to have guys that you can you can count on that come up from those walk on ranks um, to be able to fill spots. Not that they need those spots filled immediately, but having two seniors at linebacker as your presumed inside starters this year, you want to have some guys that are ready to take up that mantle next season in 2021. And Luke Reimer. Uh, could very well be one of those starters for next season. Yeah,
0: and let's go to the the sound from Scott Frost that we have as well. But when you talk about that athleticism that Coach Rude was talking about, um, and it's going to be on the EBR cart, um, the the athleticism, the comparison, Luke Reimer and Luke McCaffrey, we've seen what Luke McCaffrey looks like athleticism-wise on the field. To get that kind of a comparison and know what that family is like of McCaffrey's, and Reimer to be placed into that—that's very, very good for the North Star grad.
1: Yeah, we have uh, four or five scholarships to hand out to the guys that have earned them. Um, Luke Reimer probably earned one last year as well as he played, and is just a great example of what our we want our walk-up program to do for us is. Uh, give us a guy that was a borderline scholarship guy out of high school and he came to nebraska and really it took no time at all for us to recognize that he was he was uh worthy of earning a scholarship and I think he's he's just such a fast kid that has a nose for the football i expect great things from him um, there'll be uh probably three or four others that we we can announce soon that are on scholarship, but uh, definitely pleased with Luke and a lot of the other guys that chose to walk on.
2: I like that tease from Scott Frost. Just, just throwing it out there. That was uh, from Sports Nightly earlier this week. Look, he he mentions it in there. He's a borderline scholarship guy coming out of high school. They probably knew that had they needed to, they could have given him the scholarship, but they knew he'd walk on. And and that the way that he's been able to, uh, you know, uh, show out in practices, uh, in games last season, that you know to prove to this staff that yeah, he's he's the real deal. He's going to be able to play. Um it, it it brings up an interesting question to me, Caleb. It's how much does the Nebraska fan base love this the the walk on to starter story? Right. I this 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 came up in my mind last week because right last week we talked about how Greg Austin ran down the offensive starter the starters on the offensive line and Bryce Benhart Presumed starter at right tackle uh, all through the offseason. He basically confirmed that. Mm. That slides Matt Farniok in, and that slides Trent Hickson out of a job. Right. Trent Hickson, also a former walk-on from Omaha Scott. So Hickson loses that job to Ben Hart, and I feel like people are pretty excited about Bryce Ben Hart getting him in there. And maybe maybe Hickson ends up uh, playing quite a bit. Maybe mm. he ends up starting next year as a senior season. Uh but then there's also the the other side of it where Reimer is coming up, and I think people, people are pretty excited about Reimer. I don't know that anybody is necessarily wanting to replace Will Honus or Colin Miller immediately, but maybe some are. I wonder where that line is between really enjoying the Nebraska kid coming up through the program, walking on, paying his own way, earning that spot, earning the starting job, versus how much does does that mean you missed so badly in recruiting? hmm on however many guys that would have been in front of the walk on that that leads you to needing a walk on to be a starter, and it's good that you have a guy that's you know that's athletic. A lot of programs don't have a walk on program, the the caliber and the history of Nebraska's. That's a big benefit to them. A lot of a lot of teams don't have this option to them available, but I wonder where that line is for a lot of people. That there's definitely a line. So
0: if you if you have more opportunities for walk-ons to get playing time a lot of times that is because you missed on some scholarship guys or you have depleted depth because of injury that that a lot of the walk-on guys are getting more opportunities now as we see Luke Reimer is gonna get more opportunity on the field this year mm-hmm. it's because he's been given a scholarship the, the he was predominantly on special teams that's where a number of the walk-on guys get their first go is on special teams, and boy, was he good at special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, even picked up a fumble last year. Yeah. So you, you go through, how do you make the most of the opportunities? For walk-on guys, it's find a way to get on special teams if I can't get on to either side of the ball, make an impact, earn a scholarship, go from there. If it's a walk-on guy getting predominantly quarterback touches, getting running back touches, um... I don't even count Cade Warner as being a, a walk the same kind of walk-on He's guy. A but a Wyatt Missouri last year. Wyatt, Wyatt Mazur. Yeah. Um, Riker Fife. Sure, yeah. Um, Ron Kellogg. When, when you get into some of those situations, and obviously this is talking the offensive side of the ball, there's other examples for the defense defensive side of the ball, especially the kicking game last year. Hmm. When you get into those situations where it's walk-on guys playing a significant role, it has a lot more to do with the depth and not having the bodies that should have been there that maybe you missed in recruiting. So there is that line that it's a great story to have these guys go make an impact, but on the other side of it, if those guys are there, they're going to earn a scholarship. There's going to be a spot for them. So, so where? how do you balance that part of it? Because usually when a guy like a Luke Reimer is now in a position to get a lot more time, guess what? He, he's no longer a walk-on. Yeah, he's a scholarship guy now.
2: Right. And and you earn that spot, but it just it goes back to the beginning of the the recruiting process. Like how 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 successful do most Husker fans want a walk on to be? Like do they want them to have a few big blow-up plays that they can take with them for their career, but they really want the scholarship guy to the the four-star recruit to be the all Big 10 guy? Like I think back to Todd Peterson was one of the top 5 in receiving, when mm-hmm. he left, uh, he played in the mid two thousands with with Nate Swift and Zach Taylor, and uh, and those teams under Bill Callahan. You think of a guy like Spencer Long, who ended up becoming an All American at guard and mm-hmm. played as uh, he's still in the league, and and he was originally a walk on as well. Those guys were obviously huge for the program in their time. They were they were contributing in a big way. Um, but you wonder if sometimes you you have certain positions where you you want walk-ons to be able to succeed with the certain positions that you don't. Like offensive line, I don't feel like there's that much of an issue because there's such a heavy tradition of offensive linemen in Nebraska coming from the state. That's such a big that's such a
0: big part of where's the line of a, being a successful walk-on because in Nebraska, especially in-state guys, yep. I feel Nebraska tries to get preferred walk-ons a lot more out of in-state guys than maybe. We'll call it risk a scholarship that they can go give to someone from Iowa or Missouri or Kansas or South Dakota. They're going to go to the radius and try to bring guys in with the scholarships yeah. and hope that they can get the preferred walk-on in state. Let's look at this this next week. James Carney out of Norris is going to make his decision. Yep. He wasn't offered a scholarship until this this past week. Right. Um, his decision is going to be what, Monday? The 12th, yeah. The, Monday. So there was a possibility of saying – all right, Carney, you've got these scholarship offers to these other places. Looking at Iowa, looking at Kansas State, looking at uh, Miami of Ohio, some other places in there. Or a walk-on spot to Nebraska that has Thomas Fedoni coming in on scholarship at your same position. Yeah. Now, could positions change when they get here? We saw it happen with Cam Jergens. I think a lot of Cam Juergens changes because of how cerebral he is. Mm-hmm. Also, dude got yoked in the off season A little bit. Um, but... When you have that scholarship to an in-state kid, that ups the ante on them coming to Nebraska. Is the walk-on program great? Of course, but I think some there are times that the the walk-on is a little bit better than what a normal walk-on is at a lot of places, especially as a lineman at Nebraska. Yeah, for
2: in-state guys. Yep, for sure. And and look, linebacker that might not be. Uh, a spot where people might be a little bit more resentful that you missed on recruiting uh, a four-star guy and, and they never panned out. Uh, you mentioned kicking, or I mean, the kickers and punters. I think there's a pretty good history of them walking on and being just fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that that's a completely separate issue too. But, and but now yeah. they're
0: loading up scholarship guys. At the yeah, they've got a few
2: lot. of those. It's whatever. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, hey, but you, when you when you can spare a few uh, a few open scholarships for for those guys, that means you're pretty confident those walk-ons are going to end up contributing, right? Right. So, so there's a trade-off there. <laughs> I, I it, it's it's interesting to me, and that that kind of brought that up and i say all that to say you know it, you you shouldn't necessarily have in my in my eyes you shouldn't necessarily have an opinion as to whether or not you want a walk on to be successful or not i that's kind of the sentiment that you would get sometimes over over these last couple decades when nebraska's really struggled and you're trying to figure out how to get back is you know do you do you give the scholarships to a guy like like Late in the process, like Chris Walker, mm-hmm. uh, the Lincoln East lineman, uh, got a, a scholarship pretty late in the process. Uh, Tight end out of Norfolk uh, a couple of years ago was committed to Wyoming, and he ended up getting a scholarship like the week or two before signing day. Okay, like those situations, those always come up too because you you see Nebraska's staff vilified for this a lot. Like, hey, you should be offering these kids scholarships, you should be offering local guys the chance to contribute and pay their way because so often the guys you get from out of state, they don't pan out. They stay in the program and they just use up a scholarship and they don't do anything or they're like the three guys from Florida who have already transferred out of the program, out of the 2020 recruiting class. So there is a fine line and and sometimes they're vilified for it unjustly or unfairly, but I think the main point that I'm trying to make is – with the walk on program, it's a it's a benefit. It's a net benefit for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. If you have a Luke Reimer or uh you know Spencer Long from from this past decade, if that guy's able to step up and play at an all conference or maybe even all American level, don't be upset at your coaching staff for not having recruited somebody on scholarship better than him. I mean you always want people to get coached up, right? Mm-hmm. you got you got to walk on coached up to an all-conference or all-American level. I think you should be happy about that and move, just move on. I think the biggest part, and this is what uh, Coach Rude said in the clip we played, you want
0: as many able bodies and capable players yeah. to rotate in. Now, if at the two inside linebacker spots, that means you're going five deep, that feels tremendous. If at the quarterback position, you know you've got at least two guys That can do it at any time for you that feels like a win now on those we're not always talking about necessarily walk-on guys stepping up but if you look at your offensive and defensive line if someone goes down and they just need a breather for a series and a walk-on can run out be capable not give up a sack do everything right for a series That feels like a win for your program. So that doesn't necessarily mean every one of those guys should have been given a a scholarship out of high school. But the walk-on program, I believe, especially now under Coach Frost being at, what, 154 total guys Mm -hmm. is what the roster's up to, I think that it's been definitely a benefit to get those guys that can fill in because that's really what the walk-on program is supposed to do. It's supposed to fill in the spots that maybe the scholarship hasn't hit.
2: Right, yeah. And having that available to Nebraska – Again, that's something that's not available to everybody else, and so I think you should take it and run with it. Um, That was a fun discussion. We've got plenty more where that came from. Um, Martinez and McCaffrey. Martinez or McCaffrey. Could you see two quarterbacks at the same time? (laughs) Marcaffrey. McTinez. (laughs) We're not going to do that, are we? Uh, We've got more discussion on the quarterback situation. Nebraska basketball and their MTE you don't know what the acronym MTE stands for? Stick around, and we'll tell you all about that uh, and the golden window, uh, and plenty more about how the Big Ten and the rest of college football uh, is getting things, keeping uh, keeping things going. Uh, the Big Ten getting things going with football. Uh, two weeks away from the Huskers and the Buckeyes. Uh, We've got lots coming up here. Stick with us. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker
0: football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker
2: Hour on 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here on your Saturday morning. Caleb Henry and Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee is... Pushing the buttons over there, getting the Facebook Live going. Of course, uh, you can always check out at K and Huskers on Facebook. See our bright, shining faces anytime. All our shows are uh, available there, and this one is available right now, live streaming uh, for your viewing pleasure. Um, also, for your viewing pleasure, in a couple of weeks, you will see some jerseys. Uh, inhabited by some quarterbacks, right? Adrian Martinez, uh, maybe even a little bit of Luke McCaffrey sprinkled in, maybe a lot of Luke McCaffrey sprinkled in. Uh, we don't, we don't know for sure if there's going to be a, a different starting quarterback. I would probably bet on the incumbent here mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Adrian Martinez. Uh, but it's interesting because the way that they're, the way that their skill sets uh, can overlap, the way that you can utilize both of these guys uh, within the offense I think they've been playing around with some stuff here uh, throughout the quarantine summer, Caleb, where uh, we might see some surprises from Nebraska's coaching staff and their quarterbacks. I think I would agree with that, especially when you think about how often this
0: coaching staff talks about getting your best athletes on the field. And like it or not, two of your quarterbacks are two of your top 11 athletes that you're going to want on the field on offense. So how how do you get both Adrian and Luke out there at the same time now nobody is saying how they're going to do that and I think part of that is don't let other teams know how we're going to do this but we saw a little bit against Iowa mm-hmm. we we saw Luke go out there and he threw a touchdown pass and there there was just specific packages built in and now you've had a little bit more time to do that although things were a little bit messed up over the last several months but you've had time to really look at what's the development of your quarterbacks. What's a healthy Adrian Martinez look like? We've saw it a lot as a freshman. What what can he do now that he's older and has a little bit more time with the offense and, and can think through things a little bit quicker? You've got Lubick running the offense as, as the new offensive coordinator. What are the changes he's brought? And from everything we've heard, receivers are getting to spots quicker. Uh, they're they're running harder. The The quarterbacks are figuring out their progressions. Maybe they've changed their progressions, that the tight end is sooner in that progression instead of being the last one to dump it off to. That's the first or second receiver option. So there's a lot of things offensively that the quarterbacks are having to go through. And how do you get Luke McCaffrey on the field? So let's start with uh, Verduzco was asked about putting two, two... Well, first he was asked about which quarterback is going to get the call. Uh, because I think this one is important, that folks want to know which quarterback is going to get it week one, two weeks from now.
4: I don't know about that. That's going to be ultimately Frosty's decision, you know, um, as relate to how that all gets played out. But I think you'd love to have as many good quarterbacks in your room as possible that you feel good about, that you feel can go into a game if they have some game prep and um, win a game for you.
0: All right, so big deflection from Mario Verduzco, and I think that's something that we see quite often. Now he does a little bit here as well when we talk about getting two quarterbacks on the field at once. What what can you do with two quarterbacks on the field, Cole? You can run a speed option because they're both extremely quick.
2: You can give me a little reverse
0: action. You can run a little reverse. Either one of them can throw the ball. Um, so Verduzco talks about the stress that something like that can put on a defense.
4: You would probably know as well as anybody. That can create stress for a defense, particularly when both of the young guys are capable of running it and throwing it, you know. Um, how much of that, scheme-wise, Coach Frost wants to do, that would be best a question for him. But I certainly think when you have that availability, uh, it certainly helps you. It did help the Browns, even though it wasn't a quarterback <laughs> throwing the ball to our guy in the end zone. But, yeah, it, it – it, uh, it's pretty dangerous.
2: Yeah. So having both of them and and knowing that that's an option is is pretty fun to think about. I think, especially the fact that you aren't going to have seen any of this offense before you go out and play one of the top two teams in the country in Ohio State. Right. And so yeah, you 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 do kind of let your mind wander uh, if you if you pay attention to this program and know what you have in Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. And you mentioned how Luke or how Adrian's going to be healthy this year. He dealt with a lot of injury problems his sophomore season. I think a lot of people are hoping that he looks a little bit more like freshman Adrian Martinez this year. The other factor is Luke McCaffrey has had an off season within the weight program mm-hmm. with the other guys in the program. He's been able to, I would imagine, shape himself a little <laughs> bit better, uh, a little bit more like a, a Big Ten quarterback, as opposed to Pretty wiry kid we saw his uh his freshman year in those four games he got action in, so that that will certainly help too
0: so there's actually there's an advantage in and McCaffrey spoke earlier this week um that he has an advantage in what he was able to do this off season being at home during the shutdown uh that not a lot of other guys have, considering the family that Luke has.
2: Yeah, it's a huge impact. My whole life I've I've looked up to my brothers, to my dad, to my mom especially. <laughs> and I I think before the before uh, the shutdown and other things happened, we probably hadn't been together as a family for any extended period of time in years, let alone let alone months and so. To have that time together was super valuable. It's something moving forward will be cherished by all of us and and from a development standpoint it was huge just being able to see how my brother works you know he's he's the hardest working person in america in in my opinion and so to be able to see that in action live one-on-one was something that that's huge for me personally
0: (laughs) not just the other two division one football players but i don't know christian mccaffrey that Luke got to work out with in the offseason at home just like a top 2 fantasy NFL pick exactly <laughs> so when when you go through those types of things those are that's the difference in some people's offseason not to say that folks can't work out just as hard on their own and be away from certain family members it's different when you're in that environment and that's why what we're seeing in the weight program those hype videos that we were getting, mm-hmm. that's why they looked so good, because you're in that environment. You're around the other guys that are doing this. Yeah, um, And that, that's that been another huge benefit for the Huskers being back on campus since, what, June, mm-hmm. that they were able to get back and get into a few more of these training programs and get a little bit bigger. Now, Coach Frost talked uh, about his quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, doesn't go into a whole lot of detail but says he likes where guys are at
1: yeah i've been really happy with that um you know we've gotten really good quarterback play at times and some other times where i, I thought we could have made better plays but you know i like said before i think a lot of that is dependent upon the people around the quarterback and us putting them in the right position and um adrian and luke have both had really good summer and fall and uh looking forward to watching those guys play
2: one of the things he says in there is putting him in the right position. Mm-hmm. That was a huge theme last year from what I remember because Frost tried to take a lot of that on himself to shield Adrian Martinez from a lot of the criticism that he was receiving. Just put him in the right position. You can kind of think of that in a lot of ways. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure depending on how you <laughs> want to look at it because you you're not absolving... Martinez of of any blame but you're just saying as a coach look I got to call a better play we have to coach him differently in practice we got to make sure that the the supporting cast around him is in a position to keep him healthy and to give him the best chance to make a good throw or mm-hmm. to make the right read like all of those factors in all of those things factor into it and so I I kind of read that into you know, Frost is still—he's always going to err on the side of kind of protecting the guys that he has out there on the field. Right. But even more so, knowing his playing career, he's played quarterback. He's dealt with that criticism, uh, and and he only had the two seasons, and he also had a national championship defense around him in nineteen ninety seven, and really ninety—I mean ninety six—they were close enough too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to know that Martinez has to shoulder even more of that burden. Because the defense hasn't really been there in his two years as a starter, and the fact that they were just starting to implement the offense. He was a true freshman. Like a lot of that stuff is stuff that Frost didn't have to deal with. Frost had another set of issues in having a transfer back and yeah. earn trust, but but it's it's always been interesting to me the relationship there and how Scott Frost can relate really uniquely to a quarterback that's dealt with a lot of criticism in his two years as a starter and is still only, you know, still has two years left, maybe even three if he wants to. Yeah.
0: So, so, which, yeah, that's an entirely different conversation knowing that Luke yeah. McCaffrey could be the quarterback in like 2024. Uh, but talking about what Frost has said, and he hasn't changed what he has said, it, it, it has consistently been got to get the quarterbacks into the right situation, got to get the right guys around him. And now that you've got Matt Lubick in his first season as offensive coordinator at Nebraska, we're seeing that same theme of what did things look like last year. Well, coaching staff needed to do a better job of putting guys in a position to be successful. What plays you call, how does that work? Let's look at the the NFL right now. Joe Burrow as a rookie, and you see it a lot of times with rookies. Who goes in with the chance to be successful? I don't think any of the Bears quarterbacks – are in a position to be successful with their offense, whether it is Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, But Joe Burrow with the Bengals, the way they're calling plays for him, he's in a position to be successful. And you got to have some guys around you to be successful. Yeah. So what is that going to look like this year as you have a few things? And Coach Frost talked about that you have the depth and the talent where you want it to be. Um, and that's something that I believe has been a theme through the first two years as well, Cole, that the coaching staff has talked about, well, we just don't have the depth. We don't have the talent we want. We're not where we want to be. But now we're hearing Coach Frost say, yeah, I think we're we're about to the talent and depth that we need to be for, to, put, to compete as a Big Ten team.
2: And that's a good thing. Obviously, you need that depth. And, and the first year when Frost was here, you didn't have that, and you... Probably law, you know that that loss to Troy you could probably chalk up to just not having, you know, not having another guy ready. Maybe if Noah Vedral had been eligible for that game, things would have been different. Um, you never know; it's kind of revisionist history at this mm-hmm. point. But but yeah, depth at the quarterback position, especially uh, knowing the beating that they take in this league, and knowing that Adrian Martinez has had to play through injuries both of the last two seasons, uh, it, it's huge that they do have really really functional depth and guys that you can use uh, throughout this season. Now, I want to get one more clip because we talk about that depth at quarterback position.
0: Um, Coach Verduzco talked about who would be possibly your third-string quarterback, your your third-string at least scholarship quarterback in Logan Smothers. We know that Matt Masker, the walk-on from Cardi Catholic, sounds like he's a capable guy who can step in, Mm. think a Riker Fife, um, but maybe a little bit more athletic, which Riker Fife was – pretty athletic, um, yep. but if things happen because of the way you run the quarterback, you might have to get to a third guy, which has happened over the last few years. So Coach Redusco talked about Logan Smothers' development, especially having missed the spring.
4: Yeah, um, very similar to how when when Luke came in. His issue particularly was uh, he just didn't get very many reps in spring, right? You know? So we've done uh, as good a job as we possibly could can getting him caught up with the experience part of it but like luke he had some things that he needed to get cleaned up and because of the delay you know i think in a kind of a weird goofy ass way he's probably further ahead than he normally would be excuse my french (laughs)
2: excuse
0: excuse Uh, excuse the french during the uh saturday morning golden window
4: we miss you mario
2: (laughs) we missed you it's great stuff yeah and look logan smothers being on the field this year might not be the greatest of signs because that might mean that luke and and adrian are both hurt but but not necessarily because you can get him in without having you know to worry about the four games the red shirt rule Um, exactly obviously you would rather have that in a blowout win versus a blowout loss i don't know that he'll play significant snaps but getting him on the field is is going to be interesting to see, just to see what he's like on uh, in this offense. I think a lot of the a lot of the highlights I think that have gone most most viral around Smothers have been his running ability. Right, be interested to see him uh, kind of go through his progressions in a oh. passing situation. Can, a few can times. You, can you imagine? We've talked
0: about putting Luke and Adrian both out there. Can you imagine Adrian in the shotgun, Luke to his Flunged right, by both. Logan on his left, oh and the goodness. defense going well? See what happens here. Yeah, because there there's a. Woo, talk about the athleticism in that backfield. They can all run it. They can all throw it.
2: You get and Manning, I bet they and, could Manning, all Warner catch it. and Wandale all out there too. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, run run Luke on a wheel route. There you go. Pitch it to Smothers and Smothers to McCaffrey on a wheel route. You you can, I want to see that on October 24th. Scott I wanna, Frost, if you're listening.
0: Well, if you get that many quarterbacks out there, your double pass, your triple pass, you're just throwing it back yeah. and forth and going. Wait until you guys see how we throw it downfield.
2: Let's do it. I'm, I'm here for this. Absolutely. We're writing up plays on, uh, on napkins here in the break. Don't you worry. Uh, we're going to send these right over to the uh, sports information department. All right, plenty more to get to. Uh, that was a good quarterback discussion. Uh, I want to talk more about the defense when we get back, uh, guys who are playing at different positions, seeing where they fit, uh, getting some guys back off of injuries from last year. Uh, and we've still got plenty of discussion about the big news Nebraska basketball got this week. Uh, If you missed that, we will get all into that as well. That's Caleb. I'm Cole. This is KLIN Husker Hour.
0: Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker
2: Hour on 1400 KLIN. Nebraska basketball earlier this week got some big news Trey McGowan's one of the one of the transfers. You'll you'll note you'll notice this is a theme of Fred Hoiberg's tenure here. It's a, a transfer season all the time, and uh, this kid out of out of Pitt set some records as a freshman at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really good player in the ACC. Started all but one game last year for the Panthers. Uh, he is immediately eligible to play this. Mick eligible. McEligible. Goodness. He's uh, six foot four, hundred ninety one pounds. Uh, he's he's going to be uh, a player. I think Nebraska fans will come to uh, know very quickly. He's I think he's going to be one of those five starters uh, for Fred Hoiberg's club. Uh, I can't imagine how excited he is to get this guy eligible this year. Uh,
0: yes, very very excited to get Trey eligible. And you look at the the rest of this roster and the guys that are coming in. Yeah, you've got Thor and you've got Ivan who played last year for Nebraska. All of these guys coming in, and I've seen some critiques of well, there's only two guys that have actually played in a game. No, there's only two guys that have actually played in a game for Nebraska. Right. These other guys coming in have played at a very high level where they've come from, and you've got the three that sat out last year have now been in the system. So you've got some transition happening. I like the size that this offense has. I like the shooting that this offense is going to have. I like the the length on defense mm-hmm. there there's a lot to like now we don't want to get our hopes up too high but there is the possibility of seeing this team very early on against some quality p- opponents in Lincoln with the nebraska bubble now being called the golden window that's right apparently um so the teams and how they finished last year that have been reported to be coming to the nebraska bubble the golden window nebraska obviously Seven and twenty five last year. LSU twenty one and ten. Northern Iowa twenty five and six. Nevada nineteen and twelve. Illinois State ten and twenty one. Cleveland State eleven and twenty one. San Francisco twenty two and twelve in the West Coast Conference. And Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. eighteen and fourteen last year. But they brought in the number one recruit in the country as well as North Star grad Donovan Williams. Yep.
2: Mr. Basketball making his return,
0: return to Lincoln, and that would be presumably because you can't play games until the twenty fifth, and I believe on Oklahoma State's uh, press release it said this tournament going to be run as a MTE multiple team event by Elevate Hoops, which predominantly does AAU showcase events. Yep, the twenty fifth to the twenty eighth, so that's beginning the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, going through that Saturday. Fortunately, Nebraska on the road at Iowa that weekend. So there are there are the hotel rooms going to be available in Lincoln if you have fans allowed. They better allow fans. They better allow fans of this because wear, if, wear your
2: masks if you want to get into be, that game. Because
0: there are going to be there are going to be fans that want to go see this, not just yes. watch Nebraska play. But just go watch games happen at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And I think they're going to use the Devaney Sports Center as well Mm. to play some of these games. But you talk about the decision by Donovan Williams, committed to Nebraska, decommits, chooses Oklahoma State, gets down there, you find out, well, because there was a possibility of him going to Kansas State, which was going to be on Nebraska's schedule. Then he goes to Oklahoma State, and you're like, okay, well, now they're probably not going to play each other unless something happened in a tournament. Uh Uh-oh. That could be the start of the career coming right back to Lincoln. I think it's great for Donovan Williams mm. to have the possibility of your first career minutes in college happen
2: right back here in Lincoln. That would be that would be pretty wild. Um, so that's that's the Nebraska ball news. Uh, and and yeah, you you mentioned that he's got Division one experience. Trey McGowan's, and a lot of guys do. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those guys all come together and, and mix in early on with. You know this tournament, and then basically straight into Big Ten play. You're not going to have your traditional uh, non-conference. And speaking of whether or not you might allow fans at PBA, obviously the Big Ten has mandated that there's no football attendance. However, you were going to be able to have players and coaches' families mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, sparsely attended in there. Uh, Wisconsin this week announced the a previous plan to allow families of players and coaches to attend their opener against Illinois, uh that plan has been scrapped. Uh they're not going to allow even the players and coaches families. Uh, it's just essential personnel only. Uh they've had cases rising in Wisconsin. Um and uh speaking of the the spread of COVID in college football, less miles, Kevin Sumlin both tested positive. Baylor uh, has week.
0: shut Baylor has shut down football activities. They were on
2: a buy already uh, and Bobby Bowden He's in his 90s, FSU legend. Uh, right. he, he's got COVID as well. We uh, hope all the best for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, we're, we're two weeks away. No fans out in uh, Ohio Stadium. Maybe when Nebraska comes back around, the Big Ten will have changed their tune. We will see. Uh, but we're two weeks away. Get us a football golden window. We're in it right now. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wear your mask. Go Big Red.